Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Uh, this is your boy Jalen. This is where I get my unpopular opinion about sports. Uh, if you can, it's raining hard as hell outside. So if you hear like water in the background, it's the rain. I do apologize. It's studio is not completely soundproof even though you see all these sound panels behind me but um it was you know what i'm gonna be i'm gonna be 100 percent uh transparent with my listeners and my viewers uh if for anybody that knows the dc area i just dc maryland area i just thought i had to give this off my chest because it was kind of like come on cuz really um I live in Suitland, Maryland. I'm not, I'm not famous enough for people to come stalking me. So I live in Suitland, Maryland. The studio in which I do these podcasts is in Rockville. For people that know, that is like a 45-minute drive. If you get on the train like myself, it is, uh, it is, um, it's about an hour, an hour. And, 25 minutes on a train it allows me to you know get some ideas off my you know get my ideas together and stuff on the train so this morning it was a rush you know there was a lot of people coming so i'm going through i thought i didn't look down I thought I was good because I was just walking through. There was a lot of people. It was a long line. Something was wrong with Suitland, uh, Suitland Jump. It is what it is. So I just got through. I'm not going to lie. Usually I don't be paying. That's the usual thing. I don't know. I just I just don't pay. But I felt, you know, I had money on my card. I was good. I got all the way to um, Rockville or Shady Grove, which is the last stop on the red line. And, um... I, didn't, I couldn't go through. I'm like, what's going on? The one-time security's there. He said, hey, come here. So I'm like, yo, what's going on? He said, hey, man, your car is 20 cents short. I was like, oh, man, that sucks. Okay, well, I have money on my credit or my debit card. Can I go put it on? The man said, no, come with me. So, oh, man. So long story short, for my card being 20 cents short, I had it. I got a fifty dollar citation. <sighs> Wild, I know. But that's enough about me. Again, this is the unpopular podcast where I get my unpopular opinion about sports. I don't know if I started this off already, but it's a heavy. This was a big week in sports. I'm not gonna say big. A lot of a lot went down in sports on all spectrum, like all all sporting sporting <laughs> all sports platforms you know basketball football a lot went down uh you got you got a lot and we're going to talk about a lot of course we got the unpopular topic of the day that's coming soon or coming up and uh let's start let's start with what we saw last night um so for people that don't know aaron Rodgers and the green bay packers went up against tom brady and the patriots and Tom Brady was pretty surge. Well, I'm not gonna say. Okay, so this is this is what I saw. The Patriots won 31 to 17, and I saw a team, a a, a a player in Tom Brady. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this to say he's trash, and I'm not saying this to say 
he needs other people. But what I'm saying is, I saw a player that has a lot to work with compared to a player that has very little to work with in Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know how many times he was getting knocked down. He had to, he was had to hurry up due to the fact that his 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 offensive line broke down. Adam Jones had a very costly turnover that led to led to the not only the momentum swinging because at that time Green it was seventeen seventeen and Green Bay was looking like they were about to score because they they stopped Tom Brady he. I think he. I know he. He had six uh, consecutive incompletions, which was the first time that ever happened in his career. So they looked like they were about to take advantage, and, and Tom uh, Aaron Rodgers was rolling. They were doing what they had to do. Adam Jones. He was playing really good last night, but he fumbles the ball. Big momentum swing. Green Bay scores on that. I mean, uh, uh, or New Orleans scores. New Orleans. New England, I'm sorry, scores on that play. And then Josh Gordon scores. So, it, just two quick points. And I saw Tom Brady very rarely. I think he got sacked once, but he very rarely got hurt, uh, rushed. He very rarely got touched. His, his O-line was great. You know, Josh Gordon came up pretty big. And they didn't even have Gronk. Uh, the running back, White, was good. Cordell Patterson was good. And, of course, you have Bill Belichick, who is arguably the greatest coach in sports history. So, but then you look on Aaron Rodgers' side. Like I said, his offensive line was 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 trash, to say the least. He was getting sacked and knocked down left and right. Had to do a lot of throwaways. Adam Jones, like I said, was playing good. However, he had the the costly turnover. His uh, there was so many people on his and on Aaron Rodgers' defense that was getting injured, and it it was his wide receivers are really young outside of Devontae Adams. So I just saw two of arguably the greatest quarterbacks we will ever see, arguably. And Tom Brady just had more than it showed. Pa- pa- uh, Patriots is more of a team. And, Aaron, and and the Green Bay is more of an Aaron Rodgers save us. And while that could that could work from time to time, that's not going to win against the Patriots. And that's not going to win. As you've seen from the record, they're 3-4-1 now. That's not going to win consecutive, like a lot in the NFL because you have teams. They can only do so much. You trade your second, arguably second best defensive player in HaHa Clinton Dix. They struggled on defense last night. You trade Ty Montgomery, which I mean, you weren't really. You trade Ty Montgomery outside of Devonta Adams and and one of their other receivers. They struggled, you know, catching the ball and getting open. So last night. When I watched Green Bay and the Patriots, it really showed one person's working with a loaded gun and one person's working with uh, a little party gun, a little water jump. So, of course, Aaron Rodgers was great, though. He was making some passes that people would dream of making. He was, he was, the ball was coming quick and fast out of his hand when it could. Uh, he was throwing 
on target and precision. It's just when he he was getting hurried a lot, so he had a lot of throwaways. And of course, he's still dealing with his uh, his knee, so that that he hurt in the first the first game. So it's just it's it's a lot. It's it's a lot, and we really it really shows just how limited Green Bay. Green Bay would probably be the Browns if they didn't have. I'm sorry. Green Bay would be worse than the Browns if they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, and that's just fact. Their defense is is trash. Outside Devontae Adams, they really don't have a wide receiver core. And Adam Jones, I mean, he's good, but he can't carry. I don't see him carrying. I can't say can't. I don't see him carrying a team. So it, it it's it's that's how it is, and. <laughs> It really it's sad, and I think Colin Cowherd alluded to this. Green Bay has so much stuff working for them. I mean, I'm sorry. New England has so much stuff working for them. You have their division's really weak with the Dolphins, and I don't even know who else in their division. It's so trash. Um, Yeah, I do. So... When your biggest competition is the Dolphins, who haven't been good and since I've been born, you have Bill Belichick, who's arguably, like I said, the greatest coach in NFL history or sports history. You have Tom Brady, who, while he hasn't had a complement of weapons at had his disposal at all times, he's always had a solid someone like he like. Like white is good, um, and white would be really good for somebody else. Oh, he's always, he's always had Gronk. While Gronk has struggled with injury, he's always had Gronk as a safety safety net. Now you have Josh Gordon. He had Randy Moss that one year. Um, it so it he there's a lot that's helped him. There's a lot that's helped Tom Brady compared to Aaron Rodgers. His division's getting stronger. You have the Bears, who's looking good. You have the Vikings, who are, you know, coming into the league or were Super Bowl, or coming into the season were Super Bowl favorites. You have, well, the Lions suck. But you have so many things working against Aaron Rodgers, not to mention the NFC is ten times, in my opinion, better than the AFC. I mean, AFC right now, you have the Packers, you have the Chiefs, Denver's only good on one side of the ball, and they've really been like that since Peyton Manning left. Uh, I don't know. And then the NFC, you have the Saints, the Seahawks, the Panthers, the Rams. It's just so the Eagles, who are defending champions. So... Aaron Rodgers has so. Aaron Rodgers is always playing behind the eight ball, and not to mention you have your team doesn't really or the front office doesn't really help you out trading some of your best players. Don't getting, don't get you know not not going and spending money to get players. Like why didn't they go get Khalil Mack? Why didn't they go get Patrick Peterson? Especially when their weakness, and it's a glaring weakness, is their defense. They're not. They're not willing to spend. Aaron Rodgers wanted to keep. Uh, what's the dude's name? Uh, Cook, the tight end that plays for Oakland now. They didn't want to keep him. Aaron Rodgers wanted to keep Jordy Nelson. They didn't want to keep him. Well, yeah, Jordy Nelson's not really looking good right now. But that could just be because the the Oakland is just terrible. But 
He wanted to keep uh, Nelson. They didn't keep him. It's just, it's like every, it's they're not helping him. His team's not helping him. The division he's in is not helping him. The conference he's in is not helping him. And you, Aaron, I mean, Tom Brady has a litany of reasons why. Not, and I'm, and I'm not taking away from his greatness because Tom Brady is great. I'm not saying he's not great at all. But what I'm saying is, he's had a lot of breaks. When your best, when the second best team in your division right now, I mean, in your conference right now is the Chiefs. And the Ravens, and don't get me wrong, the Chiefs could and maybe might win the Super Bowl. But outside of that, you have the Ravens. <laughs> and they're not really. I think they lost two straight. So there's that. So they, they have a. Tom Brady has a, has a list of reasons why, why he should be great. And, and I'm not, again, I'm not taking away from his. his Talents and physical talents on the football field. I'm not taking the way of that at all. But what I'm saying is he has a lot of help compared to someone like Aaron Rodgers, who he's always climbing up, climbing uphill battle. And, and and it shows. It showed last night when some of the most costly plays, or some of the some of the yeah some of the most costly plays happened. Against Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers was not on the field, or if he was on the field, it wasn't his fault. You know, Adam Jones fumbling the ball. You you sack the first sack of Tom Brady. You force him in a, a four and twenty, and your your lineman runs into the kicker, giving them a whole new fresh set of downs, and they scoring on that. Or one of your most important defensive players, which I thought was bogus, by the way. That ejection was bogus. But one of your most important defensive players gets ejected for, like, slapping one of the Patriots uh, players in the helmet, by the way. Which I thought it was a, a trash ejection. But it just showed last night just how much Tom Brady has to work with compared to how much Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to work with. And it's crazy, man. It's it's crazy. And it, it, it's this is probably that last night was probably the last time we will see both of them play each other. I think they let them play again in like 2024. And at that case, what Tom Brady's like 45, 46, and Aaron Rodgers like 43. So I don't know. It's uh, that's probably the last time we see them play, and, and it su just sucks. While we did get great quarterback play, it just really showed, just really showed the contrast in teams and contrast in what one player has to work with compared to another. Sucks. Another good game that another good game yesterday was the Saints and the Rams. The Saints were putting it on the Rams. Now, in a little context for people that don't know, the Rams were going in 7-0. Or 8-0. I think it was 8-0. 8-0. They, they look wild. Okay, so I'm not going to say they look like gangbusters, but they, have a, they, they, they bought that team. You have Sue. You have Aaron Donald. You have Jared Goff, who's looked really good. Brandon Cooks. Robert Woods. Uh, Todd Gurley, who could end up being the MVP this year. 
Marcus Peters. So you had a you have a litany of talent. Not to mention the talent that's injured. You know, uh, a kill Talib. So they have a litany of talent. They've been they've been putting it on people this year. While in the last few weeks they've looked they've they've looked a little a little um a little wounded. Of course that they're dealing with injury, but their defense hasn't been exactly what we thought well, let me say this. Their front seven has been or their you know, front line has been great when it comes to defense. Aaron Donald. They there's a stat that came out and said that he's been he's getting uh He's getting double teamed seventy percent of the snaps. Seventy percent of snaps he's in, he's getting double teamed, which is an outrageous number. Not, not uh, especially when you have what's the name Fowler. You have Fowler and you have Adamican Sue. That that's insane. So their front has been great, but their 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 back end has been has been real suspect. Marcus Peters has struggled the last few weeks. Who who where she's come out and said that yesterday, and they've been getting beat far too often. And last night it showed. Alvin Kamara was ki- was killing. He had he had three. Yeah, I believe he had three touchdowns. Michael Thomas. Look, Michael Thomas. Had a franchise record. I believe it was 210 yards. He whipped out the phone. Uh, it Look. I, I I had my feelings. And I had my suspicions. But I think yesterday really confirmed what I was thinking. And that. Going into the season, I believed that. It was going to be the Rams and the Patriots to make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, I can never—you can never really count the Patriots. It, I mean, they, they're always—they have—they have, they have a, a level of greatness to them that you just can't overlook anymore. Like it's—it's—it's not—you can't overlook it. But I thought that it was going to be the Rams and the Patriots. The Rams were loaded, and they are loaded, and. That's a hard team to go against. But as of today, my view has changed drastically. I think the Super Bowl will be the Saints and the Chiefs. The Chiefs have a litany of talent. You have Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, Sammy Watkins. You have uh, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, they have an uh, absorbent amount of talent. And while New Orleans' defense is still very suspect, to 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 say the least. When you have an offense led by, if you listen to okay, so if you listen to a couple podcasts ago, I gave I said why, or I gave my reasoning why I think Drew Brees is a top five quarterback of all time. So when you have Drew Brees, and you have Sean Payton, who those two together are. One of the greatest duo, you know, coach quarterback duos in NBA, in NFL history. 
If you have Drew Brees, Peyton, Sean Peyton, you have Alvin Kamara, you have Mark Ingram, you have Ben Watson, who made an incredible uh, catch, and Michael Thomas, who I was debating with a couple people. We were talking and discussing if he's a top five receiver in the league right now, or is it just him being paired with Drew Brees? We think it's a little bit of both, even though I don't know how I don't think he's top five. But he's 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 the fact that you can be in the conversation it says a lot. So when you have all those talent, I, it's hard for me, especially when the Super Bowl's in Atlanta. A dome is hard for me to bet to not bet again or to bet against Drew Brees, especially after the. I think they've won like seven straight. So my my last night really or yesterday really confirmed that Drew Brees. Can lead any. I'm not gonna say any team because that that kind of sounds like the team sucks because they don't. But Drew Brees can lead a team that struggles mightily on defense. But they did get a, a big uh, pick, and they did get a big fourth down stop yesterday. But and they overcame Mark Ingram fumbling the or yeah fumbling the ball. And then tried to fake like he was injured. Come on, bro. This man was holding it. You saw that? The man. <laughs> All right, bro. You, you you turned the ball over. We get it. But don't don't fake an injury, my man. Like, he I he faked an injury, bro. The man was like, ah, my arm. Like, bro, you just fumbled the ball. Get up and get out. Come on. Come on. But, yeah, I, I think that it's going to be Drew. I think it's going to be Drew versus Pat. Now, People look back to when the Chiefs played the uh, Patriots this year and the Patriots won, but there was a lot of things that swung Tom Brady's way that game, as in Patrick Mahomes uh, threw an interception. I believe they had a fumble on that play. I mean, I believe they had a fumble uh, in the game. So there was a lot of things that went the Patriots' way, like last night. But I don't know if that's going to... The Chiefs are rolling, man. The Chiefs are rolling. Green, I'm mean not Green Bay. Uh, New Orleans is rolling. So that's why I think now would I be surprised if it's like the Chiefs and the Rams or the Patriots and the Rams? No. Or the Patriots and Green, uh, the Patriots and New Orleans would be great to see Tom Brady against Drew Brees. But right now, I, I think I think it's gonna be. Drew Brees and, and Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. And and yesterday's win, it, it wasn't as close as it, as it looked. I know it was a 10-point game at the end of the day, but it wasn't as close as, as, as it really looked. So, Drew Brees is great, man. And, and yesterday, is yes, Drew Brees along with Alvin Kamara, along with Michael Thomas, like, they're great. They're, they're all great players. And, and yesterday really showed. Uh, it really showed. Man, look, suck, man. I'm a Redskins fan, man. And I had a feeling we would lose. 
because it's just the Redskins way. But I didn't think we were going to get smacked like that, man. We allowed Julio Jones, who who is a top five receiver in the game. We allowed him to get his first touchdown. <sighs> Alex Smith couldn't throw the ball downfield. Like, at all. Aaron Rodgers was thrown to... I'm not Aaron Rodgers. Matt Ryan was thrown to whoever and whenever he wanted. It was just bad, man. Redskins are, are the Redskins. You beat the Cowboys. You beat... Green Bay. And lose to Indianapolis Colts. And the Falcons, who have been struggling. Not saying they're not a good team, but they have been struggling. So, it's incredible. It's, in, it's incredible. Let me get off that before I get mad. Anything else? Want, any other games you want to talk about? Uh, Cam Newton looked really good. Uh, he, he looked great. Even though... So they went against the Bucks, and they were—I think they were up thirty-five to seven at halftime. And I look back up, and it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, uh, it's twenty-eight to thirty-five. I'm like, what in the whoa? I don't know what happened, but uh, Cam Newton did look really good yesterday. He sealed the game for the Panthers. So you know, it, it was. It was it was a good day of football yesterday. It was a really good day of of NFL football. Is there any other you know? Um, I don't think we need to talk about that Monday night or last Monday night with the what was this Wednesday Thursday. We don't need to talk about look. It's not working with John Grudy. I don't know. I mean, I know it's early, and I'm not going to say it fire him because you pretty much can't. You gave him a $100 million deal for 10 years. But it's just not working. It's, there's a, there's so many. I don't know how many reports coming out with players. He's not connected with players. And I don't know if Derek Carr is just this bad or what, but – He's he's garbage. He's he's played like garbage, like like flat out garbage. And it's it's a crazy. It's 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 it's. I don't know. There's nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing good about the Oakland Raiders right now. Absolutely nothing. There's not one thing I can turn to and say, hey, at least they're doing that well. The special teams is trash. The coaching is trash. The quarterback is trash. Running running back after Marshall Lynch got hurt, trash. Wide receiver core trash. It's 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 just it's it's a bunch of trash. And I, nothing much to say about that. They they got they got smacked by a quarterback who made his first start. It's Nick something. It was bad, man. God, it was bad. Yeah, the 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 the, the Oakland Oakland Raiders is the worst team in the, in the NFL, hands down. Like, give me the Browns any day, any day. Um, I think I think that's it with football. 
I mean, the trade deadline happened. Ha ha Clinton Dix got traded to the Redskins. They lost. Uh, the uh, the Cowboys got Amari Cooper, which 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 would be big for them. Golden Tate went to the Eagles, which is huge for them. What? And which is why another reason why I said the Lions are garbage. Once you start trading assets, you, you just gave up. Um, and this, they weren't going anywhere in, anyway this season. So, yeah, they and they weren't trying to pay Golden Tate anyway. So, yeah, that's that's a wrap. Um, yeah. Oh, like I said, Dante Fowler went to the Rams, which was which was a big pickup. So yeah, that's that's NFL. That's that's the NFL. Any other big stories happen in the NFL? I don't believe so. Um, let's move on to the NBA. Uh, no, you know what? Let's take football real quick. Let's get a little. Let's, let's get a little heavy. So, University of Maryland, as you for people that don't know. There was an incident where there was a young man on the football team, unfortunately lost his life in practice. They're saying he was getting pushed too hard. He was asking for water. They weren't letting him have it. Um, he tried to push through all the drills, which he was doing, but he, he collapsed and, and ultimately died. This led to the head coach, DJ Durkin, getting dis or suspended <clears throat> while University of Maryland went through their investigation and had to gather all the information. Now, when I start, as we start, I wanted to say rest in peace to the, to, you know, the, the young man. I'm going to look his name up. I told, I, it's escaped me right now, but... Rest in peace to him and his. Fa uh, my, I send my condolences out to his family. No, no, no children, no child should ever. Look, I play. I played. I played college basketball. I played basketball pretty much my whole life. And I understand. His name is Jordan McNair. I'm sorry, just kidding. Rest in peace to Jordan McNair. Uh, my condolences and my prayers go out to his family that they stay strong in times situations like this. I could I couldn't imagine losing a child, especially losing a child in a in an incident that is so out of their control and it's it's crazy. I've, and I've, I've played college basketball now. No, I haven't played. I played football one year. Hated it. I wanted to be a tight end. They put me at offensive tackle. Never again. But in all seriousness, I know how it is when, you know, you're running a drill and you're exhausted. And you just want to push through. And the coach is not. Not really letting you get some. Well, I'm not gonna say not letting you get some water, but you're not gonna ask the coach for no water because you you, you understand how it looks to your teammates, and I understand pushing through. 
and I understand pushing your body to the point of exhaustion because you just you you're working on your craft. You want to get better, so you know you gotta you gotta work your body into that that pressure situation in games when you're tired and you have to keep going. So I understand that, but like I said, the kid. Uh, Jordan McNair. I'm not, I'm not gonna refer to him as a kid. That's disrespectful. Jordan Jordan McNair unfortunately lost his life on the field in practice. And like I said, University of Maryland dismissed their coach DJ Durkin and for or suspended him. Suspended him. This week they reinstated him. After the the findings, I guess, came out to say that he wasn't at fault for Jordan McNair's death. I think they said that it was outside outside elements that is out of DJ Durkin and Jordan McNair's control. Clearly... The University of Maryland president wasn't rocking with this decision at all. Because that same day he got resigned, the University of Maryland president got or I'm sorry, the 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 day the one the, the day DJ Durkin got reinstated, the University of Maryland president resigned. Saying that you know he's stepping down after this after this semester, it and then we saw that the the public outcry and the public the public rage was at an all-time high. Jordan McNair's father made a statement saying, you know, he felt like he got spit in the face and he was disrespected. And it's a tough day for him and his family because DJ Durkin's back. And then, like I said, clearly the University of Maryland president didn't wasn't rocking with that decision because he resigned the same day. And then the next day, DJ Durkin was fired because of the public outrage and, and everything <sighs> you know I, I know a couple I know a couple players that play for University of Maryland football and for a university to be so tone deaf to a situation really shows just how how off they are or how off or how disconnected the university and the athletic department is to the actual students and the public there's no look I don't know if it was DJ Durkin's fault I wasn't at practice I wasn't at their practice but I do know this when you have multiple players that have come out and criticized Durkin for the situation. You know, their 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 teammate unfortunately lost his life. 
And to be so tone deaf, nobody, nobody thought, it, nobody but the athletic director and the athletic department thought that DJ Durkin should have ever been reinstated at the University of Maryland. There, okay, so there should have been a meeting where all the all the heads got together and said, you know what? All right, boom. What happens if we reinstate DJ Durkin? And somebody should have been in that meeting and said, hey, fam, you might, you might not want to do that. He's not really the most popular person in the world right now. You know, a child lost his life in his care. My best bet is you don't reinstate this guy. That's all I'm saying. Clearly, not one person in that meeting said that. And what made it, and, and this is the thing, what made it even worse is that, and Tim Tebow kind of alluded to this, they didn't fire him because they thought it was the right thing to do. They fired him because of the public outrage and the public criticism that the university and the athletic department was getting. They didn't fire Cuz because it was like, hey, all right, unfortunately, an uh, 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 athlete, a, ch a child died on your watch. You, you, yeah, you got to go. They didn't fire him because, you know what? You know, not only did a child unfortunately pass in your watch, the universe, the football team hasn't been great since you've been the coach. So you got to go. They didn't fire him because, you know, a child unfortunately died in your watch. Um, you haven't really been good since you've been the coach, football wise. And on top of that, um, I don't really want to upset the the student population or the public for bringing you back on. No, see, they fired him because they were like, you know what? We found out that it's not really because of you. So it's cool. Nobody's really going to trip. Nobody's going to trip at all. Just, Just come back, man. Just come back. You're good. And when they realize, oh, snap, the the shite is hitting the fan. And you have all different entities of people coming and hating us because we resigned. We, we, we reinstated you. Nah, you got to go, fam, because now 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 the university looks bad. It didn't look bad when. The the Jordan McNair unfortunately lost his life on the field. It didn't look bad when you came out and said, "Ah, I mean, it was it's very unfortunate, and we're all saddened." However, he he didn't really say this word for word, but he pretty much said, "I mean, it's very unfortunate they lost his life. However, it wasn't on me, you know." 
it wasn't my fault. That's pretty much what he said in, in that press conference that he had shortly after Jordan McNair died. So, all in all, man, this whole situation and this whole, the way that this process was done for, at the, for the University of Maryland gives the whole school a black eye. And again, you know that this decision was not discussed amongst everyone or was not agreed upon by everyone because the university president, not the athletic director, the university president resigned the day DJ Durkin was reinstated. And the president came out and said, we are deeply saddened by the situation. I am putting in my resignation and, and I will finish out this year or this, this semester. So that just shows, man, that how tone deaf are you, are schools really to life? There's no way that if I if 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 I passed away on the job and I did every protocol, everything I was supposed to do, and I got I I, I unfortunately passed away because my manager because my manager might have miss did a mishap or something. There's no way that that manager's keeping his job, or there's no way that manager's getting suspended and then coming back. No way. So how does that happen at a school? And and I don't want to hear. I know people say, "Yo, but they needed a coach, fam." You telling me there's not one coach that could have coached University of Maryland, University of Maryland College Park? I'm not more. I'm not. I'm not mad at the fact that they reinstated him. I mean. I'm not mad at that. I'm mad at the fact that they're to they were so tone deaf that they thought it was okay to reinstate them. And then I'm also upset at the fact that it didn't take they didn't they didn't fire him. Because it was the right thing to do. They fired him because the 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 public outlet the public outcry was getting so real for them. It was like, ah fam, we gotta do something. So it really means that they, they're not they don't really stand on their word. And they don't really stand on their, their, their decisions as strongly as they might want you to think. And and that University of Maryland struck out three times this week. Reinstating DJ Durkin, the president stepping down clearly because he didn't agree with the decision, and then firing DJ Durkin the day after you reinstate him. Again, I send my condolences to Jordan McNair's family. You know, I, I, I again, I couldn't imagine what it's like losing a child. And I just, I hope, 
I hope that this 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 shows this is a learning thing, a learning situation for not just University of Maryland, but for all colleges, bro. Do the right thing, man. The the wrong thing is or the right thing sometimes isn't hard to do. The wrong thing sometimes isn't hard to do, but it doesn't mean you have to do it. Like, the fuck? It, 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 it's just mind-boggling, man. It's, 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 it's mind-boggling. Oh, man, I'm depressed now. <laughs> let me, let me, dang, bro. Like, Marilyn, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? And, and I feel worse. I, I feel bad for the players. For for the for the players' estate. There were a lot of players that work walked out of DJ Durkin's first uh, team meeting. And there's, you know, it's it's this media frenzy. This unfortunately, their their teammate passing, and all this is is. I really feel bad for the players, man. I really do. I really do. I really do. I really do. Um all right, man, let's let's get to let's 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 get on a, let's get on a positive a positive uh positive vibe cuz that thing just um that thing kind of depressed me. Uh Derrick Rose, man. Derrick Rose dropped 50. Man, I was so happy for Derrick Rose, bro. I really was, man. For people that don't know, Derrick Rose has been dealing with injury after injury after injury after injury. Since winning his... There was a chart that came out. Since winning his... Since winning the MVP, being the youngest to ever win the MVP, I believe almost every lower extremity of his body has been has hurt for torn ACLs to meniscus tears um the man uh what broke his eye bone I don't know how many times he's had ankle sprains the thing wears on he he gave up on his legs or I'm gonna give up he lost confidence in his legs and it's it's unfortunate man that a player of his caliber or or what what he was is definitely not what he is and it's all it's not due to the fact that he can't play it's just his body has worked against him his entire career to a point where there were a couple stints he had to leave teams i know he left the knicks and he left the cavaliers for a, a brief stint to get his mind right to really contemplate is this something that I really want to do because year after year you know I work he works his body back to health just to get injured again but Derrick Rose dropped his career high 50 points um it was it was it was it was huge and and you know you know it's crazy that people forget he's only 30 he's the same age as Curry And you see how we view Curry compared to how we view Derrick Rose. But he's the same age as Stephen Curry. 
But again, man, Derrick Rose dropped 50, man. Shout out to him. I'm, I was excited to see it. I was excited for him. He started crying at the end, which I understand what he was going through. I understand how he was feeling. Uh, I understand all the sacrifice. Now, again, I don't understand as in because I've done it. But I know, I know just how hard when you put your mind to something and you want to do something so bad and, and something, you know, the setback after setback after setback, but you just keep pressing through. Man, I, I respect Derrick Rose. And you saw every, almost everybody in the league from LeBron to Steph Curry to CP3, everybody, you know, pretty much wrapped their arms around him and was like, congrats, man. Like I said, it's it's big. Fifty dropping, you know, dropping his career high after what he's done and what he had to go through is huge, man. So shouts out to Derrick Rose. I'm happy for the guy. Um, but let's talk about the scoring boom, man. I don't know how many times I looked. I've looked at a score and it's like one fifty to one twenty nine or or one thirty five to one oh eight, like. There's there's clearly a scoring moment, and it really correlates to how the freedom of movement rule has changed, giving players a, a lot more freedom and to do what they have to do, which is allowing NBA players to score a lot more easily. So, I mean, in the last what in the last nine game or nine days, we've seen Curry drop fifty, we've seen Clay Thompson drop fifty. We've seen Derrick Rose drop 50, and we've seen Blake Griffin drop 50. Blake Griffin. Who would have ever thought Blake Griffin's dropping 50 points? It happened. Shout out to Blake. Shout out to Blake Griffin. But there is a scoring boom, and, and people were, were, were arguing, debating if it's good for the league. Hell yeah, it's good for the league. Look, I'm not just saying defense doesn't matter. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is... People like seeing scoring. That's why uh, touchdowns in the NFL is up. That's why you've seen multiple games where people have five, six, seven touchdowns. People like seeing scoring. People like seeing high end, you know, high rate of scoring. And and you see by the viewership, people are watching. People are are still engaged in watching the NBA. People are still. Involved people want to see the NBA. People come to watch the NBA, and the ratings are like almost every year at a hard time high. And, and there's a lot going on with the NBA. You know, with LeBron and the Lakers, Golden State, they're playing great. You have teams that we thought were doing great are struggling a little bit. Like there's a lot of things going on in the NBA, and the scoring boom is just the icing on the cake. And no, it's not bad for the NBA because that doesn't stop. Great defenders from defending. I mean, Draymond Green is still one of the top defenders in the league. So is Kawhi Leonard. So is Rudy Gobert. So is Patrick Beverly. So it doesn't really affect. I mean, it's not really affecting them as much as it's affecting the whole team. But the NBA is still exciting to watch, and people are still watching the NBA. So for people that think that the scoring boom. Is 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 bad for the NBA? Clearly, ain't watching. Clearly, is not watching. But since I talked about uh, Patrick Beverly, let me let me let me discuss. So, so who didn't for you know Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook 
they played, I believe, Monday or Tuesday. And they got into a little verbal altercation because Patrick Beverly dove for the ball. And by the time he was able to, you know, okay, so Russell Westbrook moved the ball as he was diving, which caused Patrick Beverly to pretty much run into um, run into Westbrook's knees or dive into Westbrook's knees. And people's like, oh, man, he's a dirty player. He's a dirty player. And I'm like, no. What? Look. Players like Patrick Beverly, Patrick Beverly, um, Andre Robers, no, not him, <laughs> not him. <laughs> he's he's athletically crazy. Patrick Beverly, uh, PJ Tucker, players like um, those players like them. They have to do. They have to toe the line of competitive and quote-unquote dirty because if they didn't they wouldn't be in the league Patrick Beverly's short Patrick Beverly's like 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 six feet or 5'11 PJ Tucker is it's it's so offensively declined it's crazy now he's almost perfected that corner corner three-point shot but that's about it They have to play like that or they won't be in. In fact, do you see Patrick Beverly's journey to get to the NBA? How he's had to go overseas and play for like three teams and had to uh, play in the D League and got cut from the D League and had to come back. And it's just his. If he does not play with that chip, if he does not get every loose ball, if he does not, if he's not the fire, if he doesn't have that play with that fire, then he wouldn't be in the league. And that and same thing as PJ Tucker. I'm trying to think of another player. Uh if it wasn't for their their um tough if it wasn't for his toughness, Reggie Evans wouldn't even be in the league as long as he was. Now he's not in the league anymore, but he wouldn't be in the league as long as he was. So Draymond Green, boom. Perfect. If Draymond Green did not play with the fire that he plays with he would not he would not be as important. He would not I'm not going to say he wouldn't be in the league, but he he wouldn't be good. Like think about it. Jamal Green can't shoot. Jamal Green's only 6 like 67. Six, LeBron James is taller than him, and Jamal Green plays center pretty much. Jamal Green he's he's not as he's not athletic like that. But what does he have? He's he's a dog when he on the court. He has no friends that's not on this team, so he he doesn't mind getting a scrap with anybody. He's uh he's a brilliant basketball mind when it comes to angles and passes and defense and he's just a junkyard dog. He's even said it, so I'm not disrespecting him. I'm just saying people like that have to play like that. Or they're not in the league. And that's that's plain and simple. That's that's plain and simple. 
And and so no, I don't think Patrick Beverly is a dirty player for diving at the ball and Westbrook moved the ball and and ran into his knee. But I do think that players like again Draymond Green, Patrick Beverly, PJ Tucker, if they didn't play the way they played, they wouldn't be in the league. And that's just that. And and that's that's that. Um Talu got fired. <laughs> Talu got fired and uh Cleveland's a mess. I don't know if anybody's seen that. Cleveland is a mess. Oh man. You have you fire your head coach. And and shouts out to Ty Lu. Nobody feels bad for Ty Lu today. Everybody's like, Ty Lu, you you got out of there. You did it. <laughs> you escaped. You got out the sunken place. So shouts out to Ty. Got fired. I know a weird sentence. Um Kevin Kevin Love keeps getting injured. Now he's gonna be out for weeks, they say. Or months, they say. Larry Drew declined the head coach. In fact, Larry Drew, who's the assistant coach, came out in an interview and said, no, I'm not the head coach. I don't want to be. Well, they're not paying me like that. Because he knows he's the only one on that staff that is comparable enough to be the head coach. But, yeah, they don't want to pay him. They don't want to. And, and he, he, if, if you want me to be the head coach, pay me like the head coach. Don't pay me like an assistant, and they don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to pay him, so he's declined the head coach position. So I think he's only doing it for a couple games, and then going back to assistant coach. So they're not going to have a head coach until they find somebody. Uh, J.R. Smith is demanding trades, and it's crazy how all the great things J.R. Smith has done from. Yeah, I remember when he was on the when he was on the um, Nuggets and he dunked on Gary Neal. I just saw a man fly. <laughs> um, all the the crazy dunks and the 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 great games he had for New York. It's crazy how all that and his career now is synonymous to that game one NBA Finals play. When he forgot what time it was or forgot, like, the score, forgot how much time they had left and lost the game, ultimately lost them the game. And they didn't lose them the series because I don't think they were going to win, period, as in the series. But they did lose them a game. He did lose them a game. But it, 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 there's just so much going. Dan Gilbert's, like, happy that he has his team back since LeBron's gone and Ty Lue's gone. It's just Cleveland's a mess, man. Nobody, nobody. Oh, and he, there was a report yesterday that came out and said that the the vets, like the the vets on the Cavs, don't think for first round pick Colin Sexton can play basketball. So there's there's team fighting now. You have they can't. Uh, Kyle Corver's upset that he's not getting enough playing time. 
George Hill's upset he's not getting enough playing time. Tristan Thompson's the only one that's not upset that's getting enough playing time because they needed to play him. You, tra- you, you give Larry Nance a crazy extension. Like, <laughs> Cleveland, Cleveland's a mess, man. Shouts out to Ty for getting cut. Shouts out to you. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Uh, that's crazy that you can that you can go from you can go from NBA Finals to now being arguably the worst team in basketball, and that's the same basketball that has the Hawks and Brooklyn and the Kings, and unfortunately now the Wizards. So, Cleveland is a mess. Like a mess mess. Um, The WNBA, let's talk about that a little bit. Well, you know what, no. The WNBA players, they opt out of the collective bargaining agreement. While this doesn't affect the season coming up, this does affect seasons, you know, after next. Player, I mean, I think, I think players of all calibers deserve to get paid. If you are a professional athlete, whether that's female or male, you deserve to get paid. And while they are getting paid, they 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 deserve more. I mean, there these these women have to play year round just to make ends I'm not going to say make ends meet like they're like like they're reg, like regular working class people. But they have to play year round just to make a quarter of a fraction of what the NBA what an NBA player makes. There are scrubs in the NBA making more than superstars in the WNBA. I think Harrison Barnes is making more than like 98 to 99% of the WNBA. Harrison Barnes. Uh like Okay, so a WNBA player, they have to play, of course, a WNBA season. Then they go overseas and play. Then they come back and play. So they're playing basketball year. And while, you know, that's cool and, you know, for love of the game, but they have to do that just to get equally compensated for their services. And that's that's wild. So... I don't want to touch on that just too much. Uh, I'm trying to get a. I'm gonna try to get a guest in next next week, so we can actually go in depth and talk about that. So if I don't, if I don't, uh, unable to book it, we'll talk about it more next week. But I do have a guest that in mind that I, I do want her opinion on the stuff that's happening with the WNBA and other you know women af- athletics and stuff so st- hopefully stay tuned next week for the podcast uh hopefully i get a guest um oh and college basketball is back man yeah college basketball is back tomorrow so i'm excited of course i'm a unc fan for people that don't know so i think we actually have a good shot of winning it i don't know if we will win it but we have a good shot uh i look at I look at all the top teams, and they all have incredible talent, but they all have a little bit of, uh, could possibly be weaknesses. Kentucky and Duke, very young squads. 
very young squads. And we saw last year with Kentucky, it took them a minute to, uh, to get all their pieces together. But once they did, they did make it pretty far in the in the uh, tourney. Nevada has two the the, the twins. They're gr- they're really good, but around the twins is, is kind of sketchy. Uh, like I said, Duke. Um, you have R.J. Barrett, and then you have Zion. You have what Gary Trent Jr. But outside of that, they don't really have much outside scoring, and. I think that can come back and bite them. My North Carolina or Kansas has a, has a lot of good returning players, a lot of good returning players, but they also did lose a lot, not only in the draft, but the senior class. You know, you lose Devontae Graham, you lose uh, Ski or Zvi, whatever, however you say his name, to the Lakers. So they, they, they lost a lot of leadership and they lost a lot of scoring. I mean, you lose one of the best shooters in college basketball last year. You lost him to the Lakers, and you lost a player of the year or conference player of the year, Devontae Graham, I mean, to the draft. And he was a senior, so we lost him anyways. Uh, North Carolina, we have a lot of great, great talent. Uh, We have a lot of good talent coming back. We have Luke May coming back and – Seventh Wood, hopefully he gets his crap together. We have Nasir Little. We have a lot of new players coming and a lot of great talent. It's just I don't know how they're all meshing offensively. I don't know if we'll be able to, if we are able to keep up with the the rest of the league, then then we have a great shot. We have pretty much all our big men are returning. So they... That's another year of experience, another year with Roy Williams, another year with the system. Um, so they definitely looked young last year, and this year we'll see how it goes. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting, man. I think I, I'm not too – I know the top four teams play t- tomorrow. Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, and Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, and uh, let me see. It's it's. I know it's uh, the top four teams play each other tomorrow, and it's always like that. It's always like that, and it's it's exciting. It is exciting. Uh, I I do think I do think that Villanova, how they're ranked ninth. Right now, um, Villanova always finds a way to exceed expectations. I mean, sh- nobody thought they were going to win a national championship two of the last three years. Now, they did lose a lot of big pieces, as in you losing Jalen Brunson, Archie Diacono, and the seniors that they lost. Those are huge, and that that's going to be tough to overcome. But they can't overcome it. And I don't know when I say they can overcome it as in can they win a championship? Doubt it. But I've doubted them the last two or the last three years. Okay, so Kentucky plays Duke. 
and Kansas plays Michigan State, who's ranked 10th. So those are all, you know, I got, I got, unfortunately, I have Duke winning that one, and I have Kansas winning, so we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, college basketball is back tomorrow. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. And, um, yeah, man, go Tar Heels. I got us winning it all. I gotta go with the. I gotta go with my team. Gotta go with my squad. So, shouts out to Ty Hills. And um, with that being said, let's get to the unpopular topic of the week. Welcome to the unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Have unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Okay, so what's an unpopular opinion? Un popular opinions to utter such blasphemy he's got the nerve the audacity the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense just blasphemy so a report came out this week or yesterday or two days ago saying that magic johnson had a stern talk with luke walton about the Lakers' slow start. And pretty much me, pretty much saying that Luke Walton's on the hot seat. And then he kind of tried to walk it back yesterday and said, uh, Luke Walton's going to finish the season unless something happens, which it won't. In that same game, they got thrashed by um, the Toronto Raptors without Kawhi Leonard. But Sometimes management has a false belief of what no has a false has has a false reality of what is real if that makes sense <laughs> Anybody that looks at the Lakers roster well, I didn't think they'd be what three and six or four and six or wherever they are right now. I didn't think that well, they are below five hundred. I didn't think they'll be below five hundred. If you look at that roster, that roster doesn't deem championship or bust this year roster. When you have Javale McGee, Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo. In fact, let me do this. Let me break this down. Javel McGee, all he's really good for is blocking shots and catching lobs. They just got Tyson Chandler, so they pretty much have Tyson Chandler and Tyson Chandler 2.0. Lance Stevenson is a junkyard dog, but he his antics. Did you see when he tried to do a behind-the-back alley-oop to LeBron and went in the fourth row of the, <laughs> in the fourth row of the stands? Um, Rajon Rondo is not good offensively at all. And everywhere he's gone since Boston, he's had problems with management and problems with teammates. And there's even been time, he even had to get, he got dismissed from the team in the playoffs. Lonzo Ball, he, all he is right now is a catch and shoot. He can't create a shot to save his life. He's a good defender, but can't create a shot to save his life. And he's a starting point guard. Um, Brandon Ingram, who's been playing really well, 
but he was suspended four games for fighting. Josh Hart's been playing really good, but he's still limited, and he doesn't start for some reason. Kyle Kuzma's been playing really good, but he's not good. He's actually really bad defensively. And you got Braun. Oh, I'm sorry. You have KCP, who has not been hitting shots like he's supposed to. I think he's shooting like below 40%. That's not good. And then you got Braun. I mean, Braun is Braun. Even though he doesn't play defense anymore, he's still the best player in the world. So with that roster, you really think they're, they're going to get off to a blazing start just because of LeBron? And, 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 and my unpopular topic is, my unpopular opinion is this. It really sucks when management has a false reality of what a team should or should not be. There is nobody that looks at that Lakers roster and thinks they should be undefeated. They should have the same. They should be nine and one. They should be. They should be a, like better than they are right now. They're, it's a young team that that struggles. You have LeBron and a and four band of misfits, and then the rest are youngins. And it's not just LeBron. You saw that with the Cavaliers, like I talked about earlier. The Cavaliers, I don't know why you thought that team was going to go, that team was going to be better than 1-6 or 1-7. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy to me when, when, uh, the, when when the front office has false or has expectations way too high for a team, and you're looking at the roster like, bro, this roster's trash. What are you What are you expecting? What are you expecting? And then another thing that 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 kind of I feel weird about is how they put an ignore uh, they put so much like. So much blame on the coach. The coach doesn't go out there and 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 play. The coach doesn't dribble the ball. The coach, especially in the NBA, man. Like how how much do you think it's really? How much do you think a coach really does in the NBA? These are the top of the line athletes. Now I understand it's different with football. You have you know clock management and and situational football and two minute drills and. This that in third, but in the NBA, how much how much coaching do you think LeBron James really needs? How much coaching do you think Kevin Durant really needs? How much coaching do you think Steph Curry really needs? Now I'm not saying that coaches aren't important. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm just saying is you blaming losses, wins and losses on coaches, on coaches, like. These people, these 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 players are the great, the best, the greatest players walking the face of the earth in basketball. I'm almost sure you can drop the worst player on your best on your favorite NBA team, drop him any any gym, and he's putting up fifty easily. Any any rec league, any college game, if if you put if you put Draymond Green. On Michigan State right now, Jermon Green will look like the next coming of LeBron, bruh. 
it's it's just the unpopular topic is that I do not like, and I think it's unfair that coaches get put in situations where management or the fan base has an unrealistic unrealistic idea of how important or how how a team should do and then on the contrary on the flip side I don't think it's cool like I think that coaches get too much blame for when times go wrong because at the end of the day like perfect example perfect example let's look at the Wizards the Wizards right now are like 2-7 and seven. They've been struggling. They just won last night, but they lost five straight before that, and they were getting blown out. And now everybody's calling for Scott Brooks' job. And while I don't think Scott Brooks has done the best job with the roster, I also look at the roster. Like, come on, bro. Outside of John Wall, Bradley Bill, Otto Porter's okay, Kelly Oubre's good, I guess Dwight and Morris, who, who – you you trusting your your faith on Austin Rivers, on Jeff Green, on Zadaransky, on Jan Mahimi, on who else on this team? On them? Like come on now. That's That's not a good team. <laughs> to say the least. Now, they should be better than they are, and I, I put it more on the players just quitting half the time and not playing hard. But but then again, again, and that goes to if they don't play hard, that's the coach's fault. If that's the coach's fault, like, why do you go out and play? And this is for not just basketball, this is for any sport. Why would you not go out on a court or on a field or, or on a, yeah, why would you go out on a court or on a field and not play hard? Like what did, what did Herm what did Herm say? You play to win the game. Like what are you playing for if if you got to be motivated to play? Now, I understand you be like you know I understand when you talk about motivated like you know Golden State and everything like they don't get motivated game after game because they're they're worried about the championship. Yeah, the Wizards are not in that situation. The Nug the 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 Cavaliers are not in that situation. The Lakers are not in that situation. So why do you have to be motivated by a coach to play? Bro, you are in the NBA. These are these are the best of the best players. What are you what are you talking about? It's just it blows my mind that that they 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 they, they attribute them not playing hard to the coach. No, Nick. Look, they don't want to play hard, and that's 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 them. Get them out of there. And I'm not just saying what the Wizards. I'm just saying any 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 athlete. Why do you have to be? Do you know how many people are waiting for athletes to fail so they can just go in? Do you know how many D League players are tired of being in the D League? Do you know how many minor leaguers are waiting for? You know, Aaron Judge to be like, yeah, I'm done with this, and then they just take his spot. You know how many quarterbacks are waiting for Tom Brady to leave or waiting for Aaron Rodgers to decrease? All I'm saying is 
Don't put it on the coach for not playing hard. Put it on. Maybe it's the player. Maybe the player got something going on. Because I, I know if I was playing, and every time I played, you never needed to. Even if I played, because I, I played college, and I'm not, I, I, don't, I don't just, okay, that's that's one thing I got to say before I keep going. I'm not saying I played college just to brag, because I definitely was. I barely played. I wasn't the best at all. You know, I had a solid team. Um, I knew my role. I was a shooter. But I didn't I didn't get that much burn and I, I wasn't like cold in college. I'm just saying that to uh, to say I understand when people say I, I play sports, so I know. But I'm saying that to say is you never had to motivate me to play. If you love the sport that you play, you don't need to be motivated at all. Like at all. So I just say that to say to conclude the unpopular topic of the day, I do not think it's right for coaches to be put in unfair situations and be judged in an unfair situation. There's no point. There's no reason why. And it's unfair that a, a coach like Luke Walton should be put in the hot seat because the Lakers as a team are not playing, are playing exactly how they're supposed to be playing. The Lakers aren't good. They have LeBron, and they're still learning, and I'm not saying they won't be good, but right now they're not good. And everybody knows that, but clearly management, because it's the Lakers. And on the flip side, I think people put too much credit on coaches for messed up situ- or bad situations, as in it shouldn't be a coach. Coaches, a coach should not have need. You shouldn't play hard or not play hard because of the coach. Every athlete should play as hard as they can. Not not saying you know you should overdo it, but you shouldn't have to be. If you are not motivated to play, that's not on coach. That's on you, bro. Come on, bro. For real. Like you don't. Oh, they were unmotivated. It's time to cut the coach. What? Man. I don't know. That's weird to me. Now, yeah, there are some coaches and some people that need to get fired and because they, 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 I'm not going to say go out the way on purpose, but they mess up. Like, they cost teams wins and they cost team situations. They cost, they cost, they, they are, are at a detriment to the team instead of an asset. I understand that. But there are some times, like, you just, like, come on, bro. That's not always the coach's fault. Really? Come on, man. Come on, bro. I got your back, coaches. I got your back. But there you have it, man. That's another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully, 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 pray that next week I have a guest. Um, it's a really, it's a, it's a fine young lady that is really big and well she she's a WNBA analyst so hopefully I, I get that situated and, and get everything that I need so I hope she's available so you know keep your fingers crossed if not we're going to keep it moving but that's alright uh, again I want to thank you for listening to the Unpopular Podcast this is your boy Jalen uh, this is episode 22 and uh, much love Lee. Lead the way, lead. I'm at the lead the way, lead. Or oh, follow me, lead the way, follow me. Watch out, I lead the way, lead, lead the way.
way. Lead. I'm about to lead the way. Lead. I studied the map and soul shit. Don't need to navigation no ways, nigga. Nah. Lead the way. Lead. I'm about to lead the way. Lead. Watch how I lead the way. Lead. Follow me, lead the way. Follow me. I go through the days. days. I go through the phase. Wanna know how to get paid. How? Watch how I lead the way. Lead. Watch how I lead the way. Lead. I'm a leader at an easy pace. Easy. Go get that bag, don't fumble it. No take it, we did the race. Rapper stop with all that mumbling. mumbling. They needed the easy way. I know some niggas be trapping that cobbling. Serving the J with the greasy face. Left, right, wrist, hack it up. Two white cups, got me stuck. Donald Duck, chopped the screws, but not screws. The McD.